a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. To see, to see the face of God is to be destroyed. So God now veils himself in in the flesh and blood of Jesus. And he uses that those means, namely his flesh and his blood, his life and, and his death, he uses those means to save us. And when we were baptized at the font with God's name placed upon us in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, with the sign of the cross being placed upon our forehead and our hearts marking as ones redeemed. We were adopted as sons of God. Uh, I think... Oh, huh? 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 <laughs> oh, oh. Are we doing the show now? Is the theme over? You know that expression people use when they're really excited for something? It's a... Uh, uh, it's like the night before Christmas. Yes. Well, uh, I I think that they're going to start using a new expression. Uh, it's like when Table Talk Radio introduces a new game. <laughs> That's right. I, by the way, am against our bump for another another reason. It, it says we don't take ourselves seriously, and I don't know what that's talking about. We're so serious. <laughs> yeah, we're so precise. We're seriously serious. Right. So serious are we that I'm late to church and we're doing this on my cell phone? <laughs> really? I couldn't tell. The quality was just Drive about the same. Hey, buddy, get out of my way! <laughs> How devoted of a, a radio host are you? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now, we got a new game today, and I forgot what it's called, though. Uh, it's like Ask the Question. Oh, that's what it is. Ask the Question As, huh? Yeah, Ask the Question As. I was hoping that you were going to forget so that at the last minute I would uh, uh, catch you off guard and, and win this little debate we're, we're going to have. Uh, how this game works is that Pastor Wolfmuller is going to be posing as a, I think we decided we're going to do a believer's baptism. Right. So he's going to be uh, posing as a Baptist or something, and uh, I have to argue against him uh, as a Lutheran. So uh, look forward to that. Also, we're, uh, do you know what else we're doing today? Um, email, buzzword, we're going to do some... Uh, and theology. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and, uh, and Mythbusters. Oh, Mythbusters, that's right. Yeah, so we're, we're uh, busting the myth... Uh, 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 whether whether we must worship only on the Sabbath, uh, the, on Saturday. So that is a solid Table Talk Radio lineup. But first, let's get into some theological buzzwords. My buzzword for you today is patience. Uh, one of the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. Is that kind of like I should, I should have patience when you're running late to, to be on the show? Uh, well, I tell the kids that to be patient means to be good at waiting. Now, it's kind of a hassle that uh, there's so much talk about waiting in the Bible, but it's true, there is. So, like Isaiah 40, um, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, they shall mount up on wings like eagles, they shall run and not grow weary, they shall walk and not grow faint, right? Mm-hmm. And, it, and you just think, now, does it have to be wait? I mean, can it be something like those who trust the Lord, or those who call upon the Lord, or those who diligently seek the Lord shall renew this? No, those who wait on the Lord. So that, that it's almost waiting and faith is almost an equivalent because this life is a life of suffering. So we're waiting for the Lord to come and 
give us his gift, etc. And this is the Christian this is the Christian life, the life of waiting on the Lord. Uh, which I will grant to you is hard. That's why the spiritual gift that the Lord gives, the fruit of the Spirit, is patience. So um uh, me being your co-host has really helped me grow in faith. In sanctification? Yeah. In love and good deeds? <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, but uh, also, I mean, this this is kind of how vocation works, though, you know? Uh, it's also led me to sin in ways that I've never seen before, too. <laughs> so <laughs> so, gr- the, so the grace abounds. <laughs> I think, by the way, being a radio host qualifies as a sub-vocation, which is something that I made up. <laughs> sub-vocation. Hey, I just thought of something. What's your vicar doing right now? Uh, he's doing chapel at St. Andrew's Lutheran. Oh, okay. I was going to have him... He might be back, though. He could, uh, we could call him up and have him go in the office. Yeah, he, he could be uh, on the air in your stead. Indeed. That would be. be. That would, yeah, I know. That, that, I don't know why we didn't think of that sooner. But Okay, well, my theological buzzword for you is modalism. Uh, this is a... a uh, uh, a heresy that came up early in the church, um, and this is the idea that th- this is one of those Trinitarian um, heresies. And the the early church really had a hard time uh, kind of figuring out a proper way to uh, to confess the the, the Trinity uh, in a way that uh, did not fall into false doctrine. You know, this is how it, how it usually works with theology: is we start um, we start talking about something, but we go too far. We say more than a, a thing than what Scripture says of it. Um, and this is uh, especially true of the Trinity. So, so we have certain things revealed to us. We know um, that the Trinity in the Trinity are are three persons: Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, but it also talks about the unity that that God is one. Uh, and this is this is uh, what we have to confess. But modalism came out saying that okay, well, how this works is that that we have one God, and He just expresses Himself in different ways. Uh, so in creation. Uh, God put on the, the the mask of Father, and He acted as 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 Creator, um, and then He took off that mask of Father and put on the mask of of Son, and uh, uh, came as Jesus to uh, to die on the cross for sins. And now He has taken uh, that mask off and has put on the mask of Holy Spirit, and now He acts as the one uh, who works for uh, our sanctification. Uh, this is wrong because it denies it denies uh, three persons. Uh, so modalism is a is a false doctrine. We should rightly confess there are three persons but one God, which is which is what the word Trinity uh, literally means. Triunity. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an illustration of the Trinity, and you tell me if it's modalistic or not. Okay. Okay. God is like the apple. There's the peel, the meat, and the seed. Um, I don't know that I like that illustration, but is it modalism? I, I don't know that it's modalism, is it? Oh, oh, yeah, okay. I don't think so. Here's another modalism. <laughs> God is like water. He can sometimes be vapor, sometimes be ice, and sometimes be uh, water. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so <laughs> vapor, solid, and, and liquid, yeah, right? That's, that's, <laughs> well, it's all water, but it's in different states. Right, yeah. So that that is a fantastic example of modalism. <laughs> oh, okay. Because... Uh, it, again, it denies it denies the the persons, it denies the 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 separate things. So so you'd have to have this matter uh, to be uh, these in these three states at the same time, <laughs> you know. And always. And, and always, yeah, and yeah. Only in these three states, and you can't change from one to the other. That's I mean that's yeah. Yeah. Good. All uh, modalism. Yeah. We better spike this thing up because not only is it dangerous apparently to listen while you're driving, dangerous <laughs> to your risk of falling asleep. I think it's a danger of uh, falling asleep while recording. 
<laughs> you hear a crash in the background? Yeah, for sure call the vicar. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll get the vicar on, on speed dial here. Uh, well, we have um, about three minutes here to respond to an email. And we have this email from Michael. Um, it says, this email is in response to show 204 where you guys talked about making an idol out of God's good gifts, particularly alcohol. Your wise advice was to avoid something altogether if it is a snare for you. However, I do think it's it's possible to go too far with that strategy. I don't mean to be uh, to be contrary, but I grew up as a well, now what is this S D A P K? Okay, P K B A P K P K is Southern pastor's Baptist, kid. Southern Baptist Church of America. Oh, you're good. Oh, nice. Uh, okay, so it says, uh, me the big <laughs> we were always taught that if you don't have that first drink, you'll never become an alcoholic. So they put a fence around the commandment against drunkenness by by making it a sin to drink at all. They did this with many things like smoking, following Levitical food laws, and prohibiting coffee. Uh, so I was, ne- I was never taught... Prohibiting what? Coffee? Prohibiting coffee. That's what it says. <laughs> so, so I was never taught how to be responsible with something that could potentially hurt me. As a result, I'm prone to become addicted to almost everything. I heard that uh, I heard that this has been backed up by studies where kids grew up in legalistic churches are more prone to addiction. That's really interesting. Uh, so uh, he says you also mentioned on the show where Jesus said our sin comes from inside of us when he responded to the Pharisees' idea of ceremonial washings. This is an important passage for me as it shifted the idea of sin being located in external things to sin being located in my own heart, that the things themselves are not the problem my sinful heart is. This reminds me of the young pastor in the book Hammer of God who swore off coffee because he noticed that it was uh, that he was looking forward to it too much. The older pastor shook his head in response. Over and over again in the book, Bo Garrett uses the phrase dare, as in dare to violate your sculptures and trust in the mercy of, of Christ. That's beautiful. Still, the point is well taken, though, that all not, uh, though all things are lawful, not everything is beneficial. Though all things are lawful, I, I will not be mastered by anything. This hits home for me because of my own idolatries, which rule me on a fairly regular basis. I've tried eliminating the activity altogether for several years at a time, but that didn't really solve the problem. I was proverbial dry drunk. <laughs> uh, someone who is obsessed with a particular activity, in this case, obsessed with avoiding it. That's really interesting, too. I dare to get focused. I, I tend to get uh, focused on certain things or vices and think that, that I would be more acceptable to God if I overcame them, or I am uh, terrified sometimes that I will kill my faith and fall away entirely. Then I worry that I just, I'm just using grace as an excuse for self-indulgence. Uh, tell you what, why don't we take a, uh, a, a commercial break and then, are you going to be back in the studio by then, Pastor Wolfmuller? Not yet. I'll probably in the middle of this next segment, I'll get back. Fair enough. Okay, well, I will, uh, we'll, we'll, um, hit this commercial break and then respond to this email by Michael, very insightful about the use of alcohol and the other Lord's gifts. We'll be right back on Table Talk Radio. You're listening.
listening to Table Talk Radio, Serious Theology, Seriously Bad Hosts. You've got a new bumper sticker on your car. You've got a new bumper sticker on your car. It says Jesus is living in your heart, in your heart. Got a new bumper sticker on your car. All right, welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We are in a minute going to be playing. and Bumper sticker! Theology. But first, hey, let's. Could, we should play that while I should just drive around and look for bumper stickers. <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> if you see any, report of it as you as you drive in. I'll report in. Roving bumper sticker reporter. We we need to have uh, when we when we're recording the show, we need to have uh, Table Talk Radio uh, uh, watchdogs out there, and uh, we'll, we'll call them live. All right, what bumper stickers are you seeing right now? <laughs> Can you describe the individual driving the car? <laughs> Uh, I think uh, this email uh, from Michael is just just terribly insightful. Um, Terribly insightful. Do you always use negative adjectives with uh, positive nouns? Do you always criticize uh, my verbiage? (laughs) Indeed. I noticed that. (laughs) I'm terribly terribly regular with my criticism. I'm horribly on time with that. <laughs> uh, yes, I would agree with that statement. <laughs> uh, in, in any case, uh, I, I think though I think the difference because um, the, the, his initial question in the email was how you know what about going too far. So if we say, look, if um, if if you know that alcohol is going to be um, your stumbling block, then don't partake at all. And he says, well, can't you take that too far? We were always taught that if you if you don't have the first drink, you'll never become an alcoholic. Um, and so he says, but I think this is the key, he says, so they put a fence around the commandment against drunkenness by making it a sin to drink at all. I think that's the difference. So you have right. to you have to recognize that this thing is still a good gift from the Lord. And to say that uh, that it's a sin to partake at all is taking away the, the Christian freedom that we've been given in Christ. Right. And it just uh, most of the time doesn't work. So, for example... Um, uh, you know, it's a, it's a sin to be glutton, so that you know you can't be a glutton unless you take the first bite. Mm-hmm. Well, you could also be dead. Now, I suspect that alcohol—if you don't have alcohol ever—it won't kill you. So, it's, I mean, it's a bit of a different thing. But I, I don't, what is the deal about coffee being a sin? When did coffee start being a sin? Um, I don't know. The Mormons don't drink coffee either, right? Yeah. Wh- why? It's weird. Well, there is there is a, a, a an addictive nature to. Um, to coffee, right? I mean, how long could you go without coffee? How long could you go without sleep? <laughs> yes, sleep is an addiction. Yeah, good analogy. <laughs> well, I'm here for you. I can't. Now, wait, uh, I can't wait till the fourth segment when I get to argue against you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm warming up. I think. Uh, I don't know. That's kind of now. Look, what this is what happens. I think too sometimes, and this was there in the email that these. Um, uh, that these little but obvious sins, I mean, well, I shouldn't say little, but these sins that are just kind of obvious are oftentimes used by the devil as a smokescreen to more serious but subtle sins. So, um, I mean, now, for, well, I mean, the first thing to say is we just can't make up sins. So you can't make it a sin to drink. I mean, that's, that's you, you can't, you do not have the privilege of inventing what a sin is. You can't make it a sin to smoke. I mean, that's not... 
Bible doesn't, you know, prohibit it. So, or to drink coffee, you, you could say it's dumb, but there's a huge difference between something being dumb and being a sin. Right. Anyhow. Yeah, I mean, if you uh, so if you you know stood up in front of your family or your church even and said, "Hey, look, um, I think alcoholism is a, is a big problem, so let's just all avoid it altogether." I, even that would be fine. But again, you can't bind the conscience to say if you even partake of this once, you're you're sinning against the Lord because that is not what the the Lord has um, has said to us. Um, so it's a matter of binding conscience where, where where we are actually free. Now I think though the the best point though that he made in all this is the 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 problem is not in the external things. The problem is our heart that sin starts yeah, inside know. of us. Um, yeah, so that yeah. even if you even if you remove um, the drinking, okay, I'm never drinking, I'm never smoking, I'm never drinking coffee. Hey, look, you're still you're you're still a damn sinner because uh, your heart is is vile and wicked above all things. Um, right. So, uh, so and it's not I, I start, it's not the fixing I, the I start externals. I pushing through these kind of addictive external addictive things, and then I start to realize that it's I mean my own inclination to to have more than I need to to serve myself rather than serve my neighbor. I mean that's running, and I could never have alcohol and never smoke and never drink coffee for some reason, and then but still I'm I I now I'm tempted to even more subtle sin of pride mm-hmm. that I've now somehow begun to keep the law, and and it just you know the. It's like this uh, heart of darkness thing. You the further the further you go into the jungle, the worse it gets, and the deeper you go into your heart, the uglier it gets. Until finally, you're just crying out the horror, the horror. And, and like Paul, you say, "Who will save me from this body of death?" Ha! I mean, this is this is where it goes. You know, I got my external addictive idols. I got my internal stuff. Who's going to save me from this? And it, at last, we just have to we just have to give up this kind of self-searching and throw our hands in the air and say. Praise be to God that he's given us Christ. Uh, praise be to God who's given us Christ Jesus. So, so that at, at the end, our eyes, I mean, at the end, we have, to, we have to even give up the whole looking and searching and for our own idols and our own sin and simply say, all of this, even the sin I, don't, I can't even get to and can't even understand, all of it is died for by Jesus. Yeah, amen. That's absolutely right. All right, uh, let's 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 play a little bit of church sign and Bumper sticker! theology. Bumper <laughs> All right, are you? It sounds like you're getting close. Are you getting close? Yeah, I'm out of the car. I'm Uh-oh. approaching the office. <laughs> I don't know why I'm getting excited. Like this is some sort of. Oh, I've almost he's, arrived. He's coming to it's the like church. It's like when uh, Jeff. Is coming into the studio live, <laughs> and I'm the winner survivor. This is this is like this is exciting as a new table talk radio game. <laughs> See, I think it's going to catch on. That is going to catch on. <laughs> you know, Darren Lacey is going to say it in a council meeting. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah. This resolution uh, councilman is exciting as a new Darren Latham. Darren Latham. <laughs> If we if we could get him to say that in the council meeting, I think that would seal the deal. This resolution to the city council is exciting as a new table talk radio game. <laughs> I like it. Uh, okay, well I'm gonna play this first bumper sticker. Uh, here it is. Hey guys, this is um, David Garlich from Winterset, Iowa, and I absolutely love your show. I find it extremely Whoa. funny, and your deprecating humor is. A joy. <laughs> I have a bumper sticker theology yeah. uh, that 
I saw that I'm still trying to figure out exactly if this is narcissistic or what exactly they're trying to say. On one bumper sticker, it says, country first. And on the second bumper sticker, it says, I am second. Go ahead and discuss. <laughs> and, uh, and then I saw also a church sign. Um, on the way here, it was, oh, God, I was going to remember it. Um, when the world thinks you're crazy. That was the title of the sermon on the church sign. When the world thinks you're crazy. Okay. Discuss. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Returning to main menu. Oops. You have no new messages. So no new messages. Are you there? Or to change uh, I'm here. All right. <laughs> I didn't even get a Sorry. get a warning. No no new messages. <laughs> okay. No new messages. Uh, so uh, what do you think about this? Uh, uh, we should. This should be a game we could play. It could be called um, uh, narcissism or passive aggressive. <laughs> That's a good game to play with your in-laws, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Not mine, yours, uh, or whatever. Oh, you uh, don't have. Yeah, you have. <laughs> you tried to you tried to push it off of. <laughs> Not mine, yours. Oh wait, wait I a minute. Sorry, honey. I guess it is yeah. mine. <laughs> Both of us too bad. Oh, now, uh, what did it say? Uh, country first. I'm second. Is that yeah. what the thing said? What I'm amazed. Um, as is that he said these are two I think he said these are two bu- different bumper stickers like a, some sort of custom bumper sticker yeah you'd have to buy these in tandem or you can mix and match so country first you could change that to um, uh, oh I don't know um, uh, watermelons for uh, are first <laughs> I am second you know you could, you could be whatever you want oh I see this yeah. is you know this I'm is, first country second you could do that too yeah Ash not what's your country wait a minute that would be the other way. You do like money. So this is this is uh, Luther in the first commandment. You know that uh, you can whatever you um, whatever you cling to in your uh, when you ever seek for refuge in your in your time of trouble. That's what your God is. So you, right. you, you just buy like four different bumper stickers, whatever you're prone to. Okay, money, um, alcohol, drugs, whatever. And then and, oh, I'm having a uh, I'm I'm feeling pretty secure today. I've got lots of money, so it's payday. So I'm going to put this bumper sticker on. Money first. <laughs> I am second. You could do one of the mood bumper stickers, you know, where you put your hand on it and it's just, it just changes you know, colors. The, remember the old mood ring? Yeah. How come I'm always grumpy? How come this thing, this ring is making me grumpy? All right, we got to wrap up here pretty soon. So what do you think about these? Oh yeah, we should probably. I got a. I'm now coming. Uh, the computer's firing up, so I can look at our worldview catalog here, uh, which will tell me which one of these is. Country first, I'm second. This would be the just do it worldview egocentricity self-esteem hedonism hmm. okay and what do you think of the sermon title um when the world uh when the world thinks you're crazy is that what it was yeah what do you think about that that was your know. sermon title wasn't it <laughs> i don't know what to think about that when the world thinks you're crazy it could be that paul you know how paul says we're fools but we're fools for christ right hopefully the craziness is the foolishness of the cross all right we're right back can you say the mean people suck Cause when he cut you off, well you flicked him off It seems like you're the one who's mean Can't fight fire with fire, just let it be Do the bumper stickers on your car
felt like you were all alone in the world? You were probably listening to Table Talk Radio. <laughs> Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Uh, before we get on to the game Mythbusters and analyzing the myth, uh, is it uh, wrong to worship on Sunday? Or, or, or maybe put it the other way, uh, we must observe the Sabbath. Um, we are going to look at one more uh, bumper sticker. So here it is. Church sign. I mean church sign. Get off of Facebook. <laughs> get into your Facebook. Oh, uh, that's, that's great. That, that is. just is like you just for you. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Actually, it's for you. This goes into the uh this goes into the uh into the all I ever wanted was another pun category. <laughs> if only there was another pun. No, I think I think this church is, is right on the mark. I would go I mean, into this church. They are so relevant. <laughs> I'm talking about Facebook is always relevant. <laughs> Uh, no, this is exactly. I mean, <laughs> you don't. You don't think that'd be a good? I would. I would go to that church. Yeah, it's probably your church sign. It is. <laughs> yeah, oh, our brother. church sign guy drove by my church and, and called it in. <laughs> church sign. <laughs> okay, let's do one more. I, I just can't can't contain myself. One more. I have been meaning to call this one in since around Easter. Uh, I know it's after Pentecost already, but it's uh, better late than never. Uh, these are two church signs, one on uh, about five blocks away from each other on the same street, one of the main drags in Regina. Um, the one is on a Salvation Army church, which says, <clears throat> one army, one message, one mission. And the other is on a Lutheran church, which says, Christ is risen. If you could compare those signs, that'd be great. Uh, so what was the last part? I don't know. I didn't catch it. It's probably some Canadian thing. <laughs> Why do you Canadians. think it's some Canadian thing? Because we didn't understand it. <laughs> All right. So what would the first one say? Uh, one army, one message. It's like Dr. Barry's evangelism thing. No, no. That's like a Kishnik's uh, convention. Yeah, I was, was going to say. Army, yeah. One army. One army. Forgiven. One. <laughs> well, that's what, the, that's what the convention thing was. Yeah, I remember. I forgot. And now I remember. No, it's funny. Oh, so, now I'm laughing. Do we have one, now I'm talking about laughing. One, one army, one message versus he is risen. He is risen. So which do you uh, think is, is which? Which do you think uh, is a church sign that is more apropos for Easter? I would I suspect that this... Now, here, put Lumpy on the job. Someone get a piece of paper. I'll get one. <laughs> Don't worry. Here it comes. Does the Salvation Army celebrate Christmas and Easter? Do you know? <laughs> I don't know. Lumpy? I, I thought you were going to go off on apropos again, so I'm just at <laughs> Oh, did you use the word apropos? <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I don't want to limit your vocabulary to only words that you know. <laughs> 
I'm not going to be that kind of legalist. That's not in the scripture. You can use words you don't know what they mean. So <laughs> because you don't think I'm using it correctly, but the dictionary seems to side with me, but whatever. Oh, yeah, well, you and Webster. Some sort of uh, Lumpy want to know what the Salvation Army... Didn't someone do all my Lumpy work already for me? I mean, for Lumpy, Salvation Army, Easter. Um, so, now, I don't know what else to say about this. Do you? Um, what, were, what were you going off about the Salvation Army for? Because the it was a Salvation Army sign. The one army. You don't even remember. You don't even know what I'm talking about. Right, but... I, one I, of the church sign was on the Salvation Army, and it said something about... Something about... Uh, one army, something else. Can't remember. I'll play it again for you. Oh, I can't. I just do. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I can't. Let me get it though. <laughs> I did actually just delete it though. Uh, here we go. I have been meaning to call this one in since around Easter. Uh, I know it's after Pentecost already, but it's uh, better late than never. Uh, these are two church signs. One on. Uh, five blocks away from each other on the same street, one of the main drags in Regina. Um, the one is on a Salvation Army church, which says, <clears throat> one army, one message, one mission. One mission. And the other is on a Lutheran church, which says, Christ is risen. If you could compare those signs, that'd be great. Uh, so zeste. So zeste. I am saved. That's what that means. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's Greek. Or Canadian. One or the other. <laughs> <laughs> One of the two. <laughs> Maybe they speak Greek in Canada. That's awesome. <laughs> now, now, I do have something to say about this because there are two different religions in the world. One about what we do and one about what Christ does. And that's what we saw in those two church signs. So that's your compare and contrast. All right. Well, if you have a uh, church sign or a bumper sticker, give us a call, 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-7652. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it here on Table Talk Radio and try to analyze which, uh, which worldview is applied to your uh, church sign or bumper sticker. All right, let's get into some myth busting. I want to I see if this, this myth will bust. So the myth is um, that because uh, in the Ten Commandments, um, the Lord said... Uh, you should remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. This means that the seventh day um, is is a day that is reserved for rest, uh, so that we should uh, we should not work on the seventh day on Saturday, and this should be our day of worship. Okay, sounds good to me. All right, it's uh, it sounds good to you. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, start Go. worshiping Saturday and stop. No, I mean I think the myth sounds good. I, I I'm sure it holds up. I mean, after all, it's one of the Ten Commandments. Okay. <laughs> Respond. You're not, oh, we're not playing. Oh, I'm playing a different game. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I've already switched to the other game that we were supposed to play. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll beat you in an argument later. To argue but the let's... Point. <laughs> okay. So now, um, there, th it is a weird thing that this, the Sabbatarianism is what this is called. Um, and it has been, it's been through the church uh it just sticks. I mean, it's one of these things that just always is coming up. And uh, I, th I remember a meeting when I was over in Israel back a few years ago, and I guess it was 99, I went over to Israel, and the same sort of thing. There was all these guys that were there to keep kosher. That, I mean, that's what they were, that's what they were doing. Interesting. Um, and and you, you look at the text where Paul says, you know, all the, my Jewishness I count as 
it's it's rubbish. I don't count it as anything. Uh, it's, it's compared to the surpassing knowledge of Christ Jesus, uh, etc. But there's um. I mean, it's just this is just totally forgotten. That the Sabbath, that that uh, man was not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for man, and all of this. So, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, the text that we want to go to is what text? The text in Colossians. Yeah, I mean, Colossians um, two sixteen says, therefore, no one is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink, or in respect to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day. Um, the uh, things which are a mere shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Right. Um, so I mean, Sabbath means rest, and the rest that we have in Christ um, is the rest from this kind of incessant storming of heaven that we have to be somehow pleasing to God. That is um, that is taken away when Jesus comes and He says, "I'm pleased with you. I'm because I'm dead for you." Then. Um, then this, you know, all all of this Sabbath stuff uh, is done. It's over. And when Jesus says it's finished, the Sabbath day ceases to be binding on the conscience of the Christian. Um, there's there's another verse here too. Uh, let me think. I'm just kind of going on this on the fly. Because um, Galatians uh, Galatians bring this up brings this up, doesn't it? Um, let's see here. What are you thinking about? Um, I'm busy checking Facebook, by the way. Yeah. I got. I can't be any Bible help to you. <laughs> I'm probably more focused when I'm driving and recording <laughs> yeah. the show. Could you, could you start driving around again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, man. Um, th- this is where uh, Paul is making the argument in uh, Galatians chapter 4, where he says, You have been made free. You are made, you're made a son, not a slave. And then he says, but you want to go back to being slaves again. Verse 9, it says, but now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how is it that you want to turn back to the weak and worthless elemental things to which you desire to be enslaved all over again? You observe days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you for, for, that perhaps I have labored over you in vain. <laughs> oh, man. Can you imagine? I always, I always picture this. You know, the, the Christians are, are gathered there at Galatia. Hey, a letter just came from the Apostle Paul. Open it up. Read it. Read it. Read it. Yeah. Did he open it up? Oh, foolish Galatians. <laughs> Who has bewitched you? Ah. <laughs> Whoops. Yep. That's right. Hmm. Yeah, I think this is busted. But, you know, I, why it sticks... I was even thinking about... You remember when the Lutherans first came to the United States and there was that first Lutheran pastor that had his kids marching around in a red coat? And then you get the... You get the uh, recession of the Augsburg Confession, and they changed it. They, the, the, the Augsburg Confession, 1530, uh, you know, the, the Lutheran princes stood up and said, hey, we believe this stuff. Uh, and it comes across to America, and the Americas can't stand the Augsburg Confession. They change it, and they change it in four or five ways. I can't remember. They take out baptismal regeneration. They take out the body and blood of Christ and the Lord's Supper. They take out confession and absolution. They take out the stuff about the liturgy, and then they add something about worshiping on the Sabbath day. Interesting. What in the world? Huh. Anyway, I think those two texts are enough to bust this thing. All right. I, I the think... rest that the Sabbath day points to is the rest that we have in the gospel. Right. Uh, find it uh, in our Lord Jesus. So we should worship all days. Uh, we should hear from, receive that rest from Jesus through the word on every day of the week. We'll be right back on Table Talk Radio. I'll tell you there ain't nothing that'll tear 
you'd fade like a long sermon on a pretty Sunday. You tuned in at the worst of all possible times. This is Table Talk Radio. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We, you know, we could just cancel the rest of the show and listen to Leonard Skinner the rest of the time. Indeed. <laughs> so it's time for the game. Ask the question as uh, this is a, My bi- favorite game. a bit of a spinoff of answer the question as. Um, but I think the, the the point behind this game is there are certain discussions that come up a lot if you're a confessional Lutheran. Um, indeed. Uh, and so we, we <laughs> and then some people just say indeed a lot. Uh, but, Indeed. <laughs> uh, but we wanted to uh, to to try this if out. That Canadian church signs got me all Eastery. <laughs> oh, indeed, I get it. Indeed. Uh, but we wanted yeah. to just kind of play this discussion out to see how it goes. We're, we're, this might this might be a train wreck of a game. We're not really sure yet. Could be. Uh, but to kind of kind of learn uh, how these how these discussions work because I think the point is uh, to be able to kind of think on your feet. Uh, we were talking about yesterday, um, uh, uh, Pastor and I were talking that, that there, there is a difference between um, hearing an argument and just trying to repeat an argument versus making an argument yourself. <laughs> uh, to be able to actually kind of think on your feet and to be able to respond to someone. Uh, so that's kind of yeah, what we're, we what were, we're going for here. we were talking about how this is, you know, in Bible class, if you're just saying something that you heard the professor say at the seminary, people see right through that. It's like a dog smelling fear. <laughs> right. Okay. So I think this game starts with an assertion of yours. Uh, you Lutherans have a ridiculous doctrine of baptism. How's that? Okay. Uh, what do you? And spe- oh, go ahead. oh, sorry. Let's peacefully have a conversation. Here. <laughs> I'm ready. A little give and take. You're getting all fired up. <laughs> uh, what do you mean? What 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 makes it ridiculous? Well, for one, you baptize babies. Okay. Uh, what makes that ridiculous? Well, the Bible never says you should baptize babies. Okay. Um, and and anything that the Bible doesn't say to do is is uh, forbidden, not right. Well, I'm certainly not going to start doing something as important to baptism for babies, especially when every time in the Bible someone's baptized, it's after they have faith. Okay. Uh, so whom uh, whom does the Bible uh, say that we should baptize, and and where do you get that text? Uh, those who are repentant, for example, Paul says in Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized. Or, or Mark 16.16 uh, 16 says, uh, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. <laughs> okay, let's take the latter first. Um, okay. Could you read that again? He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. Okay, what comes after the and? Uh, and is baptized. Oh, okay. So baptism um, has something to do with, with salvation. Is that right? Uh yeah, it has everything to do with uh, salvation after you believe. Okay. Um, Wait, hold on, hold on. I, I wouldn't have said that if I was a not Lutheran. Let me. I gotta go back. <laughs> rewind, rewind. By the way, let me let me uh, stop. Pause you. Uh, what Pastor Wolfman <laughs> is doing right now is really 
hard. <laughs> I we did this with uh, one of my classes here at the church. Is we were talking about you know having kind of conversations with with those outside the church. So I I tried to do this. I tried to play the person outside of the church, trying to argue from a position that you don't agree with. It is difficult. <laughs> so go ahead, Pastor Wolfman. Yeah. So I I'm all right if uh, baptism has something to do with the Christian life, but we know that it's faith and faith alone that saves you. But, and in fact, and in fact, your doctrine of baptism is a denial of faith alone, because we know that faith alone is what saves. Okay, um, let's look at that Mark passage because uh, it says that he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. So it doesn't say he who just believes is saved, because that means that baptism has something to do with it. And to go back to your Acts two text, it says uh, he who is bapt- be baptized what? For the forgiveness of all your sins, uh, so that that baptism is actually bestowing the thing that it uh, that it says. So I think that I think the question that is before us now is uh, to whom who needs forgiveness. Um, now the question is, do babies need forgiveness? Um, not really, because the Bible talks about an age of innocence. So it could be that children are born with. Sin- oh, hello, hello. That- that's a, uh, a a false teaching uh, alarm going off. <laughs> pretty sweet. <laughs> so, like a, I, I don't know. I, it, it, just, either there's a lot of carbon monoxide in here, or just, some sort of false doctor. Just clip it onto the vicar so you can we hear should, you can hear it should, going off. <laughs> we should have one of those. People should be able to wear that uh, false teaching alarm to church, and and you know the pastor says something wrong. And beep beep. Okay, everyone, <laughs> calm down. We're gonna exit to the right and to the left. <laughs> There's false teaching. It hasn't reached a deadly level yet, but we want to get out of here as soon as we can. Someone open the windows. Now stay calm, everybody. Oh, man. Okay, what was I saying? You were saying something about uh, uh, baptism having something to do with salvation. Right, so, so we, we are asking the question um, if whether or not babies need forgiveness. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah, because the Bible teaches an age of innocence, uh, and so that it could be that children have sin, but that the Lord wouldn't hold them accountable for the sin. For example, it says uh, in Psalm, uh, or in Isaiah 53, that he will learn uh, to eat the, the curds, and he will know the difference between good and evil, uh, for example. I, I wonder, though, if the problem is knowing the difference between good and evil, um, if that's really the, the problem, so that... Um, a, a child may not know the difference uh, about good and evil, but he's still a sinner, and that that um, is something that needs to be dealt with. So someone um, may not know they have cancer, but they still have cancer, and it's going to kill them. Uh, so that so the the baby's sinfulness is something to be dealt with. And also, um, you know, if if uh, uh, we if uh, you admitted that that babies may have sin, um, the Lord has an answer for sin. See, he he doesn't just turn his head at sin; he lays sin upon Jesus, and so now we want to get that forgiveness, which was won by Jesus, and get it to the child. And uh, this is received, I think you would agree, by by faith. And then the child um, uh, receives faith. Right, and that's faith. the problem because how can uh, how can a child have faith? I mean, they can't do anything; they can't make a decision; they can't, they can't even know what's going on. Yeah. So is is faith is faith a matter of the mind? Or a matter of the heart. Uh, uh, well, I'd say both for sure. Okay. Um, so w- by that reasoning, then someone who is of a some sort of a 
mental capacity that does not have the ability to understand, you know, doctrines of the church. Uh, Look, would I also don't talk not be about Table to... Talk Radio hosts. So <laughs> they they also would not be able to possess the gift of faith. Is that is that is that true in your in your thinking? Um, hmm, hmm. Well, the the Bible doesn't talk about someone uh, not being able to. Uh, oh, you're getting to me here. Um, pretty. <laughs> it's a pretty good game so far. Let me think about this. So the Bible never says. The Bible never says that. Um, that there are people who have, um, for example, mental deficiencies or who are in comas, etc. It never says they do have faith. Um, now, now I'm not saying the Lord can't have mercy on them. Here, you should stick me on that. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> thanks for the cue. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> uh, how how is it that the Lord would have mercy on us? It seems it seems to me what I what I hear you saying. Is that um, there are multiple ways of salvation? Either God can have mercy on you, or you can have faith in Jesus. But I would assert that the two are the same. Uh, so that the Lord's mercy is the bestowal, bestowal of faith um, by His gifts, um, and that is how He has mercy on us, and that is how He saves us. There's there's not an alternative way uh, to be saved other than through Jesus. Jesus says, "I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through Me." So if you don't have faith in Jesus, um, there is no hope. Um, no, you're the ones who teach a different way to be saved, dummy. Okay, like like uh, <laughs> through something like baptism. What do you think about uh, Saint Peter, who says in chapter two, baptism now saves you? Oh, well, he uh, uh, he's using the picture of the Old Testament ark there, and so he says, well, the ark saved uh, Noah and and his family, but it wasn't really the ark. It was, after all, Noah's faith in God's promise that, hey, I'm going to send a flood that saved him, uh, not the ark itself. So the, so the ark is, what, uh, is what, uh, what Noah went to after he had trust in the Lord's word. And that's exactly what baptism is. We go to it after we have faith in the Lord's word. I, I don't know. Do you, I think Noah would, would say that the ark had something to do with him being saved from the, the floods. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Noah and his family were, were were pretty thankful for the gift of the ark. <laughs> no, I'm channeling the Baptist, and you're channeling Noah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's debrief. We have about uh, just a minute here, so let's debrief sure. here. Uh, yeah, well, the big thing, you know, the big difference between what Lutherans say about baptism, and what everyone else says about baptism, is that namely we say that baptism is gospel. Everyone else says that it's law. And if you don't understand the distinction between law and gospel, this does not make much sense. It really doesn't. Uh, so that I think that's a good place to start, and you and and you went there, uh, you, and you talked about that how um, uh, how the Lord promises to give gifts in baptism. I also think that uh, you could have zoomed zoomed in on the um, on the Acts uh, two thirty eight text because it goes on to say this promise is for you and for your children yeah, and for all yeah. who are far off, which is one of the clearest texts about. So it's not just the necessity, uh, I mean, the uh, necessity of baptism that we have for children, but also the, I mean, we have the explicit promise. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's there's kind of two things that always stand at this at this issue. Number one, the denial of original sin. If you don't think you're utterly sinful, then you don't need need uh, salvation. And number two, uh, the efficaciousness of of baptism, which it is. That's all the time we have. Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like the cell phone battery going out while recording a radio show. You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. 
We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.